Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. I hope you are well today. Last time we were together, we saw in the Bible how God defines marriage. He shows us marriage in action in the very first book of the Bible and just the second chapter of all of Scripture. That speaks to the sanctity of marriage. God is the one who invented marriage, and then he performs the first marriage ceremony early, early in the Bible. In fact, at this wedding, God was not only the minister, he was also the father of the bride and the father of the groom, and only God was witness. I'm reading from Genesis chapter 2, verses 22 through 25. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and were not ashamed. This is a beautiful passage, and this reflects the truly holy, divinely instituted practice of marriage. And I have defined marriage as such. Marriage is one man as one flesh with one woman for one lifetime. Or if you prefer, marriage is one woman as one flesh with one man for one lifetime. This is as God intended. And both here in Genesis and all throughout the scripture, God makes clear his standard for marriage and the absolute importance of marriage. In fact, God compares his relationship with us to marriage. Previously here on God Is, I've invested serious time on God's marriage to Israel and then to the true church. I do not have time to repeat those insights now, but if you are interested, write to me and I can point you to those specific podcasts, always available on our website, godisministry.org, and the previous series on Genesis chapter 2. That's godisministry.org and the previous series on Genesis chapter 2. Rest assured, God does not take marriage lightly, and neither should you. Alas, the seriousness of marriage has been downgraded deeply in our culture. Many of you probably already acknowledged this, even subconsciously, when you heard me define marriage. You might have thought I am being very old-fashioned and or disconnected from reality. Another pastor trapped in his study reading theology books all day. A one-flesh marriage? Um, Mark, there are not too many of those anymore. People are having sex left, right, and center. Hardly anyone is a virgin on their wedding day. And fidelity within marriage? You may know of hardly anyone who, in one way or another, isn't cheating on their spouse. And did you say a one-lifetime marriage? Aren't you aware of the divorce rate? Hardly anyone is married for life anymore. Look, I am fully aware of both. I do read theology, 
but I always try to ground my theology in the real world. I have served as a pastor, a counselor, and a friend. My wife and I have many friends who are divorced, and most of these are Christian people. We pray for them, we love them, we support them, and we have worked diligently to help put back together some of these marriages as much as is humanly possible. We reject what we might call quick and easy divorces, but we believe there are biblical grounds for certain divorce, such as in the case of adultery, and we offer compassion to those embroiled in marriages such as these. But reality in the home does not change what God says from heaven. We do not invent or adopt alternative ways to define marriage just because the majority of marriages are not one flesh and not one lifetime marriages. Ah, and most relevant to this current series, we do not change the Word of God to accommodate marriage as anything else than one man to one woman. Based on what we read and believe in the Bible, gay or same-sex marriage is an abomination before God. Gay, and in quotes, marriage is completely rejected by the living God. There is no justification for this sin found anywhere in Scripture. And other forms of marriage are also ruled out, such as open marriages and thropples and polygamy. Someone might fire back, polygamy is ruled out. Haven't you read the Old Testament, Swallow? It was everywhere, and some of God's best saints were married to multiple women, like David and Solomon. Again, I have answered this before, so let me just say here, if you go back and read God interacting with men like David and Solomon, if you read the Bible attentively and carefully, you will see that God never approved of their multiple marriages. Indeed, you will see God's hands of judgment and correction on them for sinning against God in that way. None of God's people get by with sin. And anyone, then and now, who does not abide by God's definition of marriage will not get by with it either. Yes, the Bible includes the true stories of troubled marriages, of sin in marriage. God never hides the truth from us. He includes many stories in Scripture that reveal difficulty. Why? So we can learn from them, and at times so that we can be encouraged we see ourselves and our circumstances in theirs. And at times so we can be convicted, and so we will repent and change and grow. But again, anyone violating marriage as one man, as one flesh, with one woman, for one lifetime, that person will be held to account one day by God. I have already acknowledged adultery as one biblical exception to a one-lifetime marriage. I am prepared and ready to talk with you about that, and perhaps one other exception. I am prepared to talk about remarriage in general and remarriages for widows and widowers. If any of this is of interest to you, reach out to me today. We will correspond off-air and offline. My address is follows, so stay tuned. I do believe passionately 
that God's grace is available to you when marriage does not last a lifetime. God is gracious, forgiving, and compassionate. So I will receive you and your story sensitively and with empathy if you will write. I want to get to the subject before us, building a biblical response to gay or same-sex marriage. We have already seen that Genesis chapters 1 and 2 rules out same-sex marriage. In Genesis, one man was married to one woman, so one man married to another man is not acceptable to God, and one woman married to one woman is not acceptable to God, no matter how much these people claim to love one another and to be exclusively committed to one another. But our society has, in the majority, embraced the marriage of man to man and woman to woman. And again, Jesus is co-opted into accepting, affirming, and approving this. Recently, when we discussed gender, we heard people from the transgender community say that Jesus is on their side, meaning he accepts their choice of gender and expression of it because he is accepting of people. And further, Jesus said nothing against being transgender in the Bible. Well, we expose that as a lie. Indeed, Jesus did address gender, and our Lord affirmed what God says. There are only two genders, male and female, period. Likewise, when it comes to same-sex marriage, we hear a similar chorus of voices that say, Jesus did not address same-sex marriage in the Bible. Christ had nothing to say about this, so it must be all right by him. In fact, I have a picture here that I saw online when I was researching, and it's a picture of a gay man standing alongside one of these gay pride parades, and in his hands he is holding a sign pointed to the camera. Here's what the sign says. I am quoting, As Jesus said about gay marriage, then quotation marks with no words in between. As Jesus said about gay marriage, blank. The message is clear. This homosexual man believes Jesus said nothing about gay marriage. And the insinuation is that because Jesus said nothing against gay marriage, then we should say nothing against gay marriage. To speak out against this is homophobic, hateful, and proves us bigots. At this Pride event, we have someone holding a sign that through social media went worldwide, and he claims that Jesus had nothing to say about gay marriage. So again we ask, did Jesus really say nothing about gay or same-sex marriage? What better way to answer that question than to actually read Jesus? And when we open the Bible and read, what do we find? Ah, we find in the Gospels of Matthew and Mark that Christ did address marriage, and when he did, he affirms what Genesis says, not what proponents of gay marriage say. This man is holding the wrong sign. Let's offer him and the movement behind him some correction from none other than the Son of God. Our first stop is Matthew chapter 19. This is Matthew's Gospel, and in the 19th chapter, the Lord is answering a question about divorce, and Jesus quotes Genesis 1. Jesus quotes the Bible. Listen to him now. Jesus answered and said, 
Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. We will start with this next time on God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.